This is the Architecture and Innovation Podcast by Syraclad, featuring one-on-one interviews with designers, contractors, city managers, and civic leaders, as well as thought leaders committed to sustainability, innovation, and solutions that are attractive, affordable, and create healthy living environments. Our podcast eliminates the challenges, breakthroughs, and proven solutions brought to industries, organizations, and our communities. The Architecture and Innovation Podcast is underwritten by Syraclad. The Syraclad Rainscreen Fiber Cement Siding System, a proven track record of performance in Japan for nearly 40 years. Zero chemicals, triple coated and factory finished color layering. The ceramic and photocatalytic coat provides 365 day self-cleaning and a 20 year fade limited warning. This high performance siding system serves as an honored innovation with parent company Panasonic and Kubota. For more information, please visit Syraclad.com. For our guest today, we're really honored and excited to welcome Hans Baldorf, fellow of the American Institute of Architects, lead AP, and founding principal at BCV. BCV is, a, uh, is an award-winning architecture, interior design, and planning firm with international experience in creating beautiful environments. They're, uh, they strive to produce work that is simple, elegant, and definitely Timeless, an efficient expression. I, this is their, their straight from their uh, their website, which I'll tell you in a minute. An efficient expression of design that shows a sense of restraint and transcends trends. For more information, feel free to visit their website at bcvarc.com. That's bcvarch.com. Hans, thank you for being here. Great to have you. Thank you, Tom. It's an honor to be here. Oh, the honor is ours, believe me. We, we talked about, uh, uh, share with your, your quote, I love that we build the world that we want to live in. That's really powerful. Well, I, I think that, you know, we're very um, lucky to be architects and lucky to have clients and trust the vast sums of money and resources that it takes to create great projects. And um, we feel a great degree of responsibility in um, designing, and that responsibility is centered in our sense of community and that we're part of a world and that we have to play our part. And it's not good enough just to build buildings that we're building the world that we all want to live in. And we have to be... um, more than content with the uh, the answers that we come up with. This is our world too, and um, we feel that um, it, it's it's a moral responsibility. Um, and you know, it um, Vitruvius, the ancient Roman architect, talked about the three pillars of architecture as being firmness, which is in a sense the durability of architecture, commodity, which is in a way the um, um, the functions of architecture, but also delight. And that delight is really, really important um, because it is creating that sense of joy, that sense of community that's very important. And we see our work, and we're fortunate to work in both the private realm of in- people's individual houses and the public realm of civic projects that that sense of delight, that bringing people together 
in social contact is uh, very much a part of our world, our work, and, and our way that we look at the world. I'd love that. You, I, uh, daily, I think of beauty and civility for years, that that's what everything really comes about. But I've never heard the delight. Thank you, Hans. Well, it's an old it's an old saying it goes back to ancient Rome. So I didn't invent it, but it is uh, <laughs> certainly, um, uh, I, I think, uh, a cornerstone of all great architecture that we are always seeking to engage the mind and celebrate um, our life on Earth. And and so that's why I say, you know, that we're unique um, as human beings that we can create the artistic response to our um, our lives on this planet and that we nourish ourselves by doing so. That celebrate our life on earth. I mean, that's in a perspective. It's just a, a mindset that's, uh, I've never heard of that. Share with your audience today why that really is important. Well, it's important because, um, you know, uh, you wake up every day and you um, you were in your house and hopefully your um, first experience in your house engages you. You you have the light coming in the windows and it um, gives you a special feeling of challenge or contentment or whatever you um, uh, are looking for that day. And you go out into the world and you um, happen by uh, a building and and it makes you think about things and and it's all about a dialogue and and then we need to relate to each other and so one of the things that I think is so important about um, architecture is it creates the stage on which we live our lives and that sense of social space um, and you know, one of the projects that people know us for is the ferry building here in San Francisco, where we created the ferry building marketplace out of the historic um, ferry building. And that this building is was originally historically a, a transportation crossroads, and now we've made it a crossroads of food culture, and and that sense of bringing people together in a building, educating them making sure that people educate each other through human interaction with the vendors at the market and with each other is one of the great joys of architecture. And so having projects that bring people together is, in our minds, um, a, a great joy. Another word that I'm going to uh, segue off of, the word joy and what it means, in what it means to you. I think that joy is um, a, a fullness of living, that 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 it's a, a complete engagement with the world, and it's an ability to see things at all scales um, and appreciate them, the 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 sort of mighty big scale, and then the tiny little scale. And so, you know, I think that if you think of a cathedral, for instance, uh, a large building, you can be overjoyed by the majesty of it. And then you can be caught by a beautiful piece of stained glass that's a tiny detail and see their joy in that. 
and the joy and the craftsmanship that put the building together. And so there is sort of a joy in the conception, which is a lot of what the architect does. But then there's the joy in the building and the craftsmanship. And so, you know, architecture is an art that exists not because of a single artist in a garret doing a painting, but of a collaboration of many hands, many minds, and many people. And I get incredible inspiration from that collaboration. And I think that that's, um, you know, we collaborate here in our office. And, you know, we always like to say that it's not a question of who comes up with the idea. It's that it's the best idea. And, and I, you know, it's, I, I, I'm inspired by the craftspeople that we get to work with that build beautiful um, pieces of furniture as well as build the buildings that um, we put that furniture in. So it, 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 joy um, is a sort of attitude, I think, toward life. I love that. You know, a lot of your your phrase, your phrases and your descriptions, like I'm almost bathing them, Hans. They're so they're just as beautiful as the buildings and the structures that you work on. They really are. Well, I you know I I, I think that um, architecture, uh, you know, is um, for me, it's 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 an emotional thing, and 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 I think that I try to uh, with the words convey our commitment to striving to create projects that embody that kind of emotion, that kind of um, commitment to our world. And I, I think that and and basically we seek to celebrate the lives that mm -hmm. are being lived in our projects, whether it's a house or a winery or a large urban design project, um, that it's all of a continuum. I like to reference um, Ray and Charles Eames's movie, Powers of Ten, which explores the um, scale and time dimension. And by looking at a person who's reading a book on a blanket and um, on the coast of Chicago or on the shoreline of Chicago and the camera moves away a meter in a second and then 10 meters in a tenth of a second and it goes um, you start and you see the book and you can read the text in the book and then you go up and you're starting to see the city and you see the neighborhoods and then you go out and you see the coastline of like Michigan and then you're shooting out into outer space and then you come back down and you go into the subatomic structure of a of a uh, a cell and then an atom, hmm. and our work doesn't exist on as broad a scale spectrum. But we actually do teeny little projects. Right now, I'm working on a thousand square foot little cafe um, here in the Bay Area, and um, we're about to open a three hundred thousand square foot retail center down um, in. Uh, by the SoFi Stadium at Hollywood Park in Inglewood. And I find such inspiration in being able to work across all of these scales. Um, and I think that we, as a firm, get better at our work by bouncing between these scales because they test um, and they, they make us 
be able to think about problems uh, in unique ways. And so we understand an urban design plan um, because we can design a very small piece and we know how the very small piece works in that urban design and vice versa. When we think about an urban design, um, we're, we're thinking about that small piece. That's tremendous. You're listening to the Architecture and Innovation Podcast. We're talking today, we're honored to be talking today with Hans Baldov, fellow of the American Institute of Architects and lead AP, as well as founding principal at BCV. For more information, please visit bcvarc.com. That's bcvarch.com. Hans, why... You can answer this or not. Maybe you might leave the interview, but why does it matter to you as a person to be so complete? The way you described that 1,000 square foot cafe and then the 300,000 square foot Inglewood project. Why, why does it matter so much to you to be that complete, to be able to? Well, I, I that anyone can ever be completely complete. I think it's because we are, are always striving to understand the world we live in. And, and I think what I, I would argue is that perspective is the way you start to get that. And perspective can mean looking through a microscope or looking from an airplane and that you understand the world both the similarities and the common continuity and the differences by gaining different vantage points. I think it's one of the reasons that it's important to test ourselves uh, um, by putting ourselves into different cultures and have the respect and the um, to try to learn about those different cultures. We we are always trying to learn. Uh, about the places that we are building projects. Uh, we, ha we have to start by learning. I, I, I've just finished a book on uh, an architect um, who I only met once, and I didn't even meet him in the sense of being an architect, but I met him as a landscape architect. Um, and later, I gained a great appreciation of his work because we were asked to work in a building he had designed for the Joseph Phelps Winery. Um, the architect's name is John Marsh Davis. And um, and I once we started that project, the compulsion to try to understand the mind of the person whose building I was working in led me to put together a 10-year project to write a book about his um, work because I was so inspired by it. And so I think that we're always looking to understand and we try to understand our world through design and an appreciation of the culture that created the design because we're pushing that culture forward. And that pushing the culture forward, how do you feel as an architect and as a person that you have a real big, uh, no pun intended, hand in it? Well, I, I think that I would say I have a small hand in it. I, okay. I, I, we, we are all, uh, you know, given our time on the planet to try to do the best we can. 
and we uh, are fortunate to be able to make our contribution and and uh, hopefully it is a positive contribution and um and i think it starts with respect for the people that have come before us and 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 try to understand what how they confronted challenges and then be willing to challenge the conventional wisdom and come up with uh, new combinations of ideas and and so i i think it, it, the contribution is as much as you have the good fortune to make and know that you're um, passing things off to other people. One of the things that I love in our office is that we get to work with great young people who um, come to work with us and that we're part of their journey to become contributors um, out in the profession. And so this is an unending chain of people um, engaging in design to make a better world. Yeah, can you describe a bit as uh, of your culture at BCV? Well, we're a very collaborative firm. I mean, um, uh, my partner, um, uh, the other founding partner, Chris von Eckertsberg and myself have always felt that, um, you know, design is a, uh, an uh, 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 integrated process, which includes all of the people who are involved in it, both in our office, but also the engineers and the other consultants. And and then, you know, one of the things that I think we also have a huge respect for, and I've always said that um, it takes three great parties to create a great project. Um, the client, first and foremost, because they come with the desire and the vision, um, the contractor who builds the project, um, and hopefully, if you've got those two great and we're good, then you end up with a, a great project. And and you really need all three legs of that stool, so to speak, to get to a great project. And um, and so it, it, it's all about collaborating. And and so you know we're fortunate to have clients who have uh, entrusted us with multiple projects over the years. We know how they think and they know how to push us. And we've often worked with the same builders. And and so, you know, you it, it's that constant collaboration that I think makes architecture a unique art form. Um, and um, so I, I would say that's the hallmark of our, our culture here at BCV is collaboration. Do you look for that in a client and a contractor so that you can be as certain as possible that that's going to uh, you're going to all have that experience? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I, you know, I think that we are always looking for people who we feel um my father would used to say get it. I I I and and it, it it's a it's a you know, and and the trick in all of life is that, uh, you know, you have to be careful not to prejudge people, but you also have to be careful to articulate what matters to you. In a way, I want people to judge us to decide that we're the right architect for them, not so much that I need to judge them, but I want them to want to work with us because it's... Uh, 
it's a, a real effort to create a great project. And it's commitment on everybody's part. And we know how much commitment we put into the project. Um, and we want um, all of the parties to feel um, that sense of commitment. That get it factor. Um, I noticed, I don't know if it's relevant or not. Maybe you're, you're a San Franciscan as well. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I, I am as well. Third generation, and there's not too many of us around. Um, do you think that has a factor in in that sort of? Uh, some of them might think it's presumptuous, but there's just a certain expectation when you grew when you're born and raised there that you you have a view of uh, a microcosm view of the entire planet and a perspective of the world that's unique. Do you think that also played into your culture, so to speak? I, I would say. You know, um, absolutely. And I think that one of the wonderful things about being from San Francisco is that there is a kind of pride and just I go back to that word joy in the beauty of being from San Francisco that allowed me, you know, I went to school in um, New Haven, Connecticut, and um, there were when I went to school, New Haven uh, there, uh, New Haven was um, really on the ropes um, economically and everything. And everyone would say, oh, God, how can you live in New Haven when you're from San Francisco? And I, I always would say to people, I love New Haven. I find it totally fascinating. There were so much history and and the problems were actually, in my mind, interesting. And I always said, if I have to compare I have to go to Paris or Rome to start comparing things to San Francisco. So I don't compare. It, it's, it's not about comparing. It's about enjoying. And I think that's the thing. I, for me, San Francisco is a very immediate city. And, and one of my favorite things in San Francisco is you can go into different neighborhoods in San Francisco and be in a completely different culture and be sort of, um, you know, you realize... I need to be respectful. I need to spend time and understand this place because this is this this is this culture's home. And 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 I can and and our office is right in North Beach and you can move from Little Italy to Chinatown in the course of 10 footsteps. And <laughs> and, and 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 that cultural dynamism is is very in in my mind engaging inspiring and um it does so much to make me who i am as a designer and i think it's not an accident that we have our office here because we walk out the door of our office and are engaged well stated one of the best i've ever heard thank you hans you're listening to the architecture and innovation podcast our uh, public service announcement for today's show with Hans is uh, for FoodWise. FoodWise, since uh, 1994, they're formerly Quesa, C-U-E-S-A, has operated world-class farmers markets and education programs to connect the Bay Area community with fresh local food and sustainable family farms. To learn more about their work and their change they're making feel free to visit their website at foodwise.org again that is foodwise.org we're talking today with Hans Baldov 
fellow of the American Institute of Architects, lead AP, and the founding principal at BCV. For more information, feel free to visit their website at bcvarc.com. That's bcvarch.com. Hans, that uh, if you go back, go back to, really go back to, uh, how do you say the Roman architect Vitruvius? Yes. Yeah, share with how someone, how long, that was, what, a thousand years plus? Um, 2,000 almost. Okay, 2,000 um, years, and it's still, he's still relevant. What makes him so relevant in your opinion? Well, what was important to um, understand, I guess, is that he he was just rediscovered in the Renaissance. And I think in the Renaissance, there was this whole effort to um, reestablish a sort of historical continuum in the West. And, and one has to be very careful about this because there are many other great cultures in the world. So I, I'm really talking about a European view of the world here. Um, and that um, the architects of the Renaissance were looking to create this sense of continuity from the past and they had the continuity in the form of the ruins in the Roman Colosseum and the Pantheon and the like but they needed to try to understand the mindset that created those buildings and so the discovery of Vitruvius's um, treatises on architecture gave them a written um, text if you will to apply to these buildings to understand what was the thought process that these buildings were created with. And so uh, to me, there, there are many people take many things from Vitruvius in terms of like how to proportion classical columns and the like. Um, for me, what's important is that sense of understanding continuity in culture and where did that come from? So it, it's not necessarily so much the specifics of the of the dictates of Vitruvius, because he was one view that was not necessarily maybe even the most sophisticated view, but it was his view that survived. Um, and yet, that sense of the survival of a text and the continuity of it is, um, I think, really interesting. I'm about to do a project uh, uh, in um, the Bay of Naples um, in southern mm. Italy, um, which uh, looks at what I call continuity and discontinuity in food culture um, uh, over 2,000 years because Naples has a record of food culture that is unparalleled in the world. You can go see uh, 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 you know, the uh, uh, remains buried by um, the the volcano uh, um, uh, uh, of Vesuvius um, of, uh, you know, grape vineyards. Um, you can see uh, uh, the Tabernae in Pompeii. You can see where people ate in their homes and the... Um, um, you know, plates with which they ate. And yet you also can see the same things from the Renaissance, from the Bourbon period and modern culture. And all of this has been going on for 2000 years and things have 
been very much the same, but they've also been very different. The new world brought tomatoes um, to um, southern Italy, and it's hard to imagine Italy without tomatoes, but it was in the ancient world, it did, tomatoes didn't exist. Buffalo mozzarella didn't exist. And so how do these things influence um, how we live our lives? And how, how are our lives a set of rituals? We all like to have wonderful meals, and they love to have wonderful meals in Rome. And we continue to have, love having wonderful meals. That's an intrinsic human desire. And, and I love seeing how we celebrate our intrinsic human desires, but also how we evolve how we do that. And so going back to Vitruvius, what's important is that sense of continuity and how things have changed. But we need to know our history. Hans, what would you like to share with your audience today that we may not have touched on or talked about? I think uh, I, I would just like to share that sense of joy. One of the reasons that I am such a great believer in food-wise is that the joy that farmers bring to raising wonderful, healthy, organic crops and the care with which they try to create a regenerative agriculture, which is making, not just taking from the world, but giving back, is um, the joy of, in my mind, living well. And I think that my whole mantra is respect the planet and share with each other to build this world that we want to live in. So I, 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 I would just say share the joy oh, what a terrific show hans it's been a true honor and privilege and uh joy uh, <laughs> having you on uh, on the show today thank you so much for being here uh, thank you it was an honor for me you've been listening to the architecture and innovation podcast presented by syraclad our guest today was hans balda fellow American Institute of Architects, lead AP, and the founding principal at BCV. For more information, feel free to visit their website at bcvarc.com. That's bcvarch.com. Our show was uh, executively produced by uh, and hosted by yours truly, Tom Dior, and our chief audio engineer is Eris Chikopoulos. We look forward to you joining us again next time. Thank you for listening. Cereclad is a high-performance fiber cement siding system in one size with triple coat technology and 365 days of self-cleaning, along with a 20-year fade limited warranty. Cereclad also offers hundreds of design options. For more information, feel free to visit cereclad.com.